Welcome, everybody, to another exciting episode of Legends in the Dark, where life always finds a way. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. My name is Jay. <laughs> I'm Leslie. How are you doing today, Leslie? Not bad. Uh, I'm excited to get uh, to all the good stories we've been talking about the last couple times we've been meeting for coffee when we haven't been recording. Oh, yeah, that one time. Yeah, the one time. Like, yeah. that was memorable. Really? Yeah, we actually kind of don't meet unless there's actually a microphone in front of us. Really not. Even though I've, I've said we should. Yeah, I just don't like it that much. I know. <laughs> no, um, I'm actually kind of glad that we're kind of starting to do that. Hey, let's have lunch before, and that way I don't hear the tummy growls on the when I'm editing. Hey, I was just on the one. <laughs> well, that and there's something, and I want to apologize to the listeners, when I edit... I don't realize until after I'm editing that there is like some kind of weird sound sometimes with a thump and I don't know if it's like my husband, the dogs, or us because I don't hear it when we're recording. Guessing it's probably me rocking back and forth in this chair. I know. I gotta stop rocking. Uh, but uh, yeah, week's been good. How's your week been? Terrible. Uh, <laughs> 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 don't hold back. It was pretty bad. It's it's just like it's busy, and I don't know if anybody out there like works in like a call center environment or an office environment or whatever. Did you ever have that feeling where like you know two thirds of your building gets put on like some kind of project that is like super easy or whatever, where they they get to just not be on the phones for like the entire day, and it's so nice they can listen to music and stuff, and then like two or three teams are stuck on the phones. That's my, that was my week, and that's actually been like my last several months now, but it's just getting worse, and I'm like, oh my god. When yesterday I was actually, I was trying so hard to like not just leave early, like, or, you know, well, to request, because I, I realized I had some hours left available that I could take, but I was like, no, no, you know, same day, unscheduled, you know, even if even if it's approved, you know, it's it looks bad. Yeah. But, um, so I decided not to. I decided to stick it out for the day, but it was still bad. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad this day is over. I know. I have some time off coming up, and, oh, oh I tricked myself because I thought I had um, time off in, like, two weeks. So I'm sitting here thinking, like, five more days. I'm going to be able to take some time off. I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to get all the stuff done for the on the house and everything I need to do, right? And even do some editing uh, with these podcasts, you know, all this stuff. And I literally looked at the calendar and I realized that my vacation is not for three weeks. So I'm like, oh, okay, five more days, <laughs> like 10 days then, not five. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that was a, that was a really bad surprise. You know, what sucks is that it, it, it takes so long to build up vacation time, like, yeah. a, like a good amount of vacation time, but you go it through it like that, so like so fast. It's... Well, and it's like everyone was always like, oh, I need to go to the doctor, I need to do this. I'm like, okay, I got vacation coming, I got to go to the eye doctor. I already went to the DMV on, on Saturday, so, you know, today actually. So it's just, I'm trying to do all the stuff on the weekends I can, so that way when I have time off, I can actually do things that... I can't take time off from work because, you know, work will give you like medical reasons off, but like, oh, I just want to, you know, paint this room in here or put up some more 
padded on the walls for the studio. Or I just don't want to go in. I just don't want to go in. They they t- tend to frown on that. I know. What's up with that? Yeah. Like they like like they want to be there any more than you do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they do because they don't have to do as much work as you do, and you know the, they get paid more. I sometimes think because sometimes they'll allow us to. Uh, to leave early on Fridays if you want to take a shorter lunch, like a seven hour to the half hour. And, but there's always, but if someone, you know, can't do that for whatever reason, they, they stay until the full time, then a manager has to stay there. And I always think about, cause I, I've done this before. I always wonder what the manager thinks about or the supervisor thinks about when they have to stay for one person. And I did it one time where I decided I didn't need the time off, like it was on Christmas Eve or something. I'm like, no, I'll just go ahead and stay until like 4 30 and they're letting people off like at two. And but you had to use your own um time off. I'm like, no, no, I'll just because I didn't have that much time off. I was like, no, no, I'll just go ahead and, and stay until 4 30. I I literally had a supervisor just look at me and says, You're the one who's been like staying here until 4 30 because I, I guess I was the only one. <laughs> Dang, Leslie's like, ruining a person's holiday. Oh, like I, I felt I actually really did feel really bad because I was I my anniversary is on new year's or like december 31st so i rather they offered it both for that day and new year's i said well i would rather save all the time for new year's and take almost like a half a day off versus like a couple hours so you know and everyone's like yeah that sounds good and then fast forward to that new year's supervisor who now hates you yeah basically (laughs) no she she was fine with it but it was just funny because i always think about that when i offer that i'm like i wonder who's the one person has to stay here until that one person (laughs) she does like that seinfeld thing's like leslie (laughs) Costanza. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Just leave a message at the beep. <laughs> that, you know what's funny? My parents, when we had an answer machine, my parents got from my grandparents. I guess my grandfather bought this offline, or offline, wow, um, off the TV. When those, um, remember those call late at nights, like for, for four payments of five ninety five and shipping and handling, you can have this for free. So he bought, I think off the QVC network, um, or the Home Shopping Network, he bought like these four tapes of different impressions of famous people telling you to leave a message. Mm. So like, I remember there was like Ronald Reagan, like, uh, Nancy and I aren't here right now, so go ahead and leave a message. And then it was like, it just had like different... And this is, has to have been, like, mid-90s, so, like, think of everything that was popular in the 80s, like, uh, let's What's see. the deal with that beep? <laughs> Not Seinfeld yet, but it had, like, I remember it had Reagan, I remember it had John Wayne, uh, I remember it That had, was big in the 90s? Well, just the voices, like, uh, it had, like, Marilyn Monroe. Leave a voicemail, pilgrim. Yeah, no, oh my... <laughs> I, I don't do a good job. I know, but that was literally what it was. And, and like Marilyn Monroe being like, like, leave a leave a Mr. President, leave a beep or message after the beep. It was just like really funny. And like, I just remember being in the car because my parent, my grandparents lived like an hour away from our house and we were in the car and instead of listening to the radio or any other cassettes, we were listening to that. So it was an hour's worth of like just different impressions of doing the same voicemail mm-hmm. name. It'd be funnier if you like just tried to do the impressions yourself. Well, then that's what it basically got down to was, and then we were. I think my brother and I weren't that old, so like we really didn't know too many of the people. I just remember it now because my parents were like, "Oh, that's a good impression of him," or "That's a good impression of her." 
see kids that's what we had to deal with when we were growing up no ipods and no tv just parents want to listen to this cassette of uh, answer machine messages and sometimes if you wanted to call a friend or family member that lived in another county you had to pay for that stuff oh my god i know right I remember my friend like moved out of town, like in uh, Sacramento. He moved to Sacramento, and he, he tried calling me Collect, and my parents answered, and they're like, "Yeah, my dad didn't know." He's like, "I don't know this guy." I remember Collect calls. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember the free Collect calls? Like, you have a Collect call from Mom. Come pick me up. <laughs> Would you like to accept charges? Like, nope. I used to. I'll be. I'll be honest. My grandparents. Um, had this business and it was a tow trucking business and they had um a payphone on the corner by their their shop and when we used to go down there and visit we would my brother and i would just run to that pay uh booth phone and just basically like try to do the whole like okay if we if we do return return we can get like 75 cents and like whenever it was broken that's like how we got our ice cream money like all right look at that return return 75 cents let's go noise the bag was 75 cents was a big deal no right god i'm old and okay okay last thing i know we're, we're going along on we're our intro fun here. we're doing this fun okay but last thing because this just happened recently and speaking of like creepy stories so i was like driving coming home when after work one day and I saw this creepiest ice cream truck. Like, you could tell it's like it was probably a um, post office van that is not even repainted, but, like, it just has, like, a grill, like, chicken wire on the side. Did it have a clown driving it by any chance? I don't know, but it was the sketchiest ice cream truck. And there was, like, these, I was behind it, and it started slowing down. And, like, there was these three kids just playing on their lawn. And, like, it pulled over. Like, these kids were waving to get the ice cream in. And then one little girl was just waving <laughs> hi to it. But then, like, when they didn't make a move towards this car, like, to this van, it, like, she, like, this little girl was just finally, like, wait, like, waved it away, like, go away. And, and I'm sitting there like, yeah, dude, they're not run. It's not like when we were kids where you would run down the well, street back, yelling, back, like, ice from- cream in. Well, back back in our day, like the ice cream truck looked like a legitimate ice cream truck. Yeah. Okay. Now, now it's like you don't know who the hell is working. These okay, trucks. so that was my question because I grew up in a small town, so the ice cream truck actually looked like it, it was like, like a it, professional it, it, yeah. truck. It where, had like pictures of all the ice yes, creams and stuff and, like that, and, and there was not a chicken wire anywhere. Yeah, like it's, it's so sketchy. This is, this is actually the inappropriate touching mobile. Oh my gosh, like, I keep thinking, like, they're, like, dealing out of it, because I'm like, who is, who is running to the ice <laughs> cream man now? You want some smack? Oh, God, but, like, who is actually running to the ice cream mobile? Like, I was telling Chris, we were walking the dogs, and another time we saw it, and it was the same one, and I said, that's, like, the sketchy, and the song wasn't, like, like, the song I still remember, it was Pop Goes the Weasel. Oh, that's so bad. Like, the... Like, how does it go? Um, but it was... And then, so, it, and it would be really loud, so you could hear it. Like, you'd be watching cartoons, and be like, oh my god, it's an ice cream man. This one, it was like, it was, let's say, some kind of weird jazz meets... <laughs> Like high pitched techno, like club music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 That's what people was like. 
Who wants some ice cream? <laughs> I know, but it was like the weirdest. It's like I'd be like, is this a ice cream truck or like the like a like a mobile stripper van or something? I, I just sat there. I was like, because I was behind the car and I was making sure no kids were running. Like because it stopped, it pulled over. Like there was kids, so I thought, okay, I better make sure there's no kids if I want to go around this. And then it just like kind of took off when I got behind it, and I'm all like, and I looked at the three kids, and the three kids were just like. Like, they just look, had this weird look, like, we don't want no ice cream. We don't know why it pulled over. And then, like, one girl saw me, uh, and she waved at me. And I'm like, oh, she probably waved at the ice cream man, and he thought to pull over. I'm like, dude, they're not, they're not even running towards you. They don't want no ice cream. They don't want anything to do with you. He was probably sitting there with, like, a, in a wife beater that had, like, a mysterious yellow stain on it. <laughs> you know? Hairy shoulder. <laughs> scratching his, his belly. Hey, kids. You want some ice cream? <laughs> All right, know. we're having too much fun with so let's get into some, some creepy stories. Some creepy I know stories. it's the coffee cake. You know when I have coffee cake, I'm all I get all sure high. You're all hopped up on cinnamon swirls. You're really in like a Seinfeld mood, aren't you? I'm surprised you got that one. That was actually <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah, well, me, you know, me and Becca, we like we binge watch like Seinfeld like almost every other day. I know, and I did that Curb Your Enthusiasm alibi one, so mm-hmm. that that actually came out. We're recording; we had some backlog, so that actually came out this week. So, okay, so you're going first this week, right? Or Damn this right episode? Let's do this. Let's do this. So imagine, if you will, you're you're on. <laughs> Hold on, let me get to the right page. Okay, shut. Right, shut up. I, <laughs> I had an issue because, like, I forgot to put in, like, when I was make, doing the notes on this one, I forgot to put in, like, you know, where it's actually located, and I so I had to put it at the bottom of the page. Oh, I've done that before when you have an arrow, like, say this You're first. Like, this goes at the front. <laughs> I just thought you were, like, doing a whole new interactive podcast. Like, imagine your own creepy story. And we sit here for 15 minutes of silence. We're like, hey, so was that creepy enough for you? <laughs> like, a little too surreal. Right. So imagine okay. that you're wandering around on the uh, islands, around the sea, the islands of Orkney. This is on the northern coast, just off the northern coast of Ireland. I mean Scotland. Sorry. So you're wandering around Orkney, off the coast of northern Scotland. It the skies are dark. It's raining. You know, a typical Scottish day, basically. You're walking around on the beach. And you see a, a massive figure begin to come out of the water. Your mind can't comprehend what, you, what you're looking at. Like the stuff of nightmares. Oh, I don't like that. You've just laid your eyes on the Nuka Lovey. The Nuka Lovey? Yes. That's, that's fun to say, Nuka Lovey. I'm hoping I pronounced that right. If not, I don't care because <laughs> they didn't have a pronunciation and they went with it. So, <laughs> anyways... So, so okay, so the Scot is like a Scottish legend, or like or a cryptoid. It's, it's a Scottish myth legend, has some origins in Viking mythology or Norse Viking mythology also. Nice. Uh, it is a it's a horse like demon from Orcadian mythology, one of the most horrible of all the demons of the Scottish Islands. This creature, its breath was thought to wilt crops and sicken livestock, and was very often held responsible for uh, many droughts and epidemics that happened on land, despite that this creature is actually predominantly a sea dweller. Oh, wow. 
That's so basically can't okay, so it's from the sea and comes on land and wreaks havoc, it yeah, sounds like. Basically. Okay. So islanders were terrified of the creature and wouldn't they could never speak its name without almost immediately or beforehand stay, saying a prayer. Terrifying for them. Oh I man, I could just imagine that fear. There are no tales that describe what form it takes when it's in this when it's in its natural environment, which would be the ocean around the around the islands of Orkney. But its appearance on land is uh, has been recounted in graphic detail. The creature has a man's torso attached to a horse's back as if it were a rider, but the torso has no legs. The arms are extremely long and can reach the ground from its position on top of the equine body, the legs of which have somewhat fin-like appendages also. So it's basically like it's like a man torso fused to the back of a horse with no legs. With like very long arms. Yeah, that's an image. That's an image I could frighten. <laughs> the torso has a, has a very large head, possibly about three feet in diameter, that constantly rolls back and forth. The head rolls back and forth? Rolls back and forth. I don't know if they mean it, it just kind of moves like side to side or up and down, but it says it or rolls. Or just like it just rolls just, like this? Like, yeah, uh... like, like it's just kind of like... Do-do-do-do. Ugh, okay. I think that's even creepier than yeah. if it just like had like you you're like I'm thinking of Legend of Sleepy Hollow where it's like, oh it is headless and you know there's like Oh no, it's got a head, it just doesn't seem to really be doing a whole lot. Just yeah. for decoration. Yeah, exactly. Like very creepy decoration. <laughs> the monster has been described by a witness as having two heads, uh besides the giant human head, the equine hat. The equine head has an enormous gaping mouth that exudes a smelly, toxic vapor, which is probably where the epidemics and droughts and stuff probably come from. Or a single giant eye like a burning red flame. Okay, so the cyclops. Yeah, the horse is a cyclops. The horse head part is a cyclops. Okay, and then the rolling head is... It's got two eyes, apparently. Apparently. The, a particular gruesome detail of, of the of the creature is that the Nucalibi has no skin. So it's like a pale horse? Like No, it has no skin. Like it's so... you can see black blood coursing through yellow veins and the pale sinews and the powerful muscles of the creature are visible as a pulsating mass. Yeah, I don't okay. So this is like a giant like a skinned horse person. Ooh. Oh, I am not liking this image. And you know, the 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 pictures or the drawings I've seen of the creature, it also walks around carrying like a big ass spear too a lot. So it also is not very friendly. <laughs> One good thing is the Nucalipi is not a constant threat to the people who live on the the Scottish Islands. Apparently, during the summer months, a the Mither of the Sea, which is an Orcadian goddess, keeps the beasts stabled in the oceanic abyss. So during the summer months, it's totally cool, but once winter months roll around, then you need to start watching your back. But it's apparently a very ter- territorial creature, so luckily you'll never see more than one in any particular area. Oh, man. I just, I don't even want to see one. <laughs> oh, God, just the image, this big red eye and yellow and black veins, and this is Ooh. not what I wanted to do on my Scottish vacation. Really, though? the only tried and true way to escape from a Nucalibi, which you, if you see one, you are going to have to escape from it because they are carnivorous. 
now you can escape from a nuclear beast since that it is a being that is bound by the sea, even though it is allowed to come up on land, but it's tied to the ocean, is that it cannot cross fresh water, which is a stipulation that usually holds true for most higher demons. So all you gotta do is run across a stream or a creek or a river or something, you're totally good to go. It's so, just gonna stand there and, you know, shout obscenities at you and shake his flip you off or whatever. Shake your fist harder, boy. Basically. The name the just another little tidbit of knowledge about this creature is that the name is thought to derive from the Orcadian word Nogelvi, which means devil of the sea. Nice. That's so that, a, is that is a name that you go with. Like, hey, everyone, guess who I am? Devil of the Sea. Yeah. Hey, I thought your name was Nogelvi. Look who's <laughs> all big and bad now with this fancy <laughs> Devil of the Sea title. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so you're too good to hang out with the rest of us now that you've moved up to being a Devil of the Sea? That's the name he put on his 20-year uh, high school reunion like, to, to impress all the people. Like, right. hey, guess who I am now? <laughs> Don't ask me why I'm like imagining this with all this with a bunch of like you know Bostonian accents and stuff. <laughs> Especially like, when oh, Scottish. Look. Right. <laughs> like, look who's all big and bad now that he's moved up in the world. <laughs> but that is creepy. Oh, so just seeing something like that and knowing that you like, if you see it, it's one of these things where when you see a cryptid or when you see this legend and a demon, and you think, okay, it's only in these woods. It's only on this land. It's only if it does this or that. This one's like both. It's like, oh, it's on land and it's on in the sea, but you just have to cross fresh water. But it's kind of one of those things where it's like, how many times has there really been a lot of fresh water next to the sea? Right. And then it's like the fact that it's like, this is a creature that it takes a goddess to keep this thing in check. That's a good legend. I've never heard of that. So... Yeah, I'll have to look. I'll have to I'll, when we post it. I'll send you a photo of what I. Yes, seen. because it's pretty. It's pretty horrifying. Yeah, because I could. I was let, like imagining it, and I'm not gonna lie. I was totally thinking like, okay, just a big black horse, like because it seems like all these these legends, and then you're like, no, it has this. I'm like, okay, changing that. And you're like, oh, it has this one eye and it's flaming red. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm changing that. And I don't want to put it in my head. I'm like, I don't want to see it because then it'll be there. And then all of a sudden it's like, it has no skin. Uh, creepy. I mean, anything with no skin is creepy. But, you know. Right? Now just imagine this thing like chasing after you and dragging its long ass arms on the ground. <laughs> the time, like, head flopping back and forth. Except for that one eye, which I'm pretty sure that's the part that will probably try to eat you. Probably. And the spear. Mm. These long arms. It's horrifying. Okay. Ooh, that was a good one. Ooh, okay. Um, well, mine's not as creepy, but it does have ghosts in it. Mm. And I want to tell you about the Ghostbuster ruling. Ghostbuster ruling? Yeah. It's a legal ruling. Okay. Yeah. See, I saw that and I was like, oh, let me read this article. Let's check this out. Okay. So... And I might pronounce it wrong, but in Nyack, New York, on the street of La Veta Place, sits a 5,000 square foot home that's at the end of the street and overlooks the Hudson. Mm. The home was bought in the 1960s by a couple named George and Helen Ackley. They lived at that home with their children, and, and soon they found out also with some otherworldly beings. They reported phantom footsteps, objects appearing and disappearing, knockings. Oh, yeah, knocking. Sorry, I don't know why I added an S to that. 
uh, Open Indoors, and much, much more. The family soon shared their story with Reader's Digest in May 1977 edition in a story entitled Our Haunted House on the Hudson. In the article, the family tells about at least three spirits that reside with them. Helen claimed there was two as a married couple who lived in the 18th century and the other as a Navy lieutenant in the American Revolution. The couple was thought to be Sir George and Lady Margaret. Helen saw Sir George describing the scene. He, she says, quote, He was sitting in midair, watching me paint the ceiling in the living room, rocking back and forth. I was on an eight-foot stepladder, and I asked if he approved of what he, we were doing to the house, if the colors were to his liking. Did he go, shh? <laughs> Hold on. He smiled and he nodded his head, unquote. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. Like I'm just painting the ceiling, and all of a sudden, there's just someone in midair next to me, like, hey, you, you like this? You like this? Okay, good. Yeah, I want to do it all around the ceiling. So yeah, I'm doing the kitchen next. I'd be like, uh, so uh, weren't you, you know, supposed to move on or something? <laughs> Anything I can do to speed that along? I just, it's I It's getting crowded in this house. I just, I don't, I just, I don't know what I would do if I'm on this ladder and something's just floating next to me like obviously something i could talk to and it's moving up it has a head that's moving up and down you know what you do i mean you calmly you know speak to it and you calmly climb down the ladder you calmly walk towards the kitchen pull open the drawer one of the drawers grab the matches and calmly burn the whole house down and (laughs) you know just cut your losses and move on well, okay, so there's more. Hold on. Okay, so uh, where was I? Okay, blah, blah, blah. Right. They had seen ghosts uh, waltzing into their daughter's room, bedroom, and they did not know if this was the ghost that was the same one who used to shake the children's bed in the morning to wake them up. So Helen's daughter, Cynthia, when she was a child, would wake up to the shaking of the bed. In one story, when Cynthia was on spring break, she announced loudly that she would uh, like to sleep in. The next morning, the bed did not shake. So at least they're kind of taking your they're feelings cons- into it. Considerate ghosts. <laughs> they're considerate ghosts. All right. Uh, the Navy lieutenant was seen by Helen's son, who she says, quote, My son saw him eyeball to eyeball outside the basement door, unquote. So, again, you're coming to face-to-face with this ghost, and you're just like, really? Like you again, huh? Yeah. So, it's really weird. So, I um, always read these ghost stories where, and I've actually known a couple people who've lived in haunted houses when they were younger, and they always say, like, yeah, I couldn't wait to get out of that house. It just felt weird. There was one girl who told me, like, her um, parents still live in the house, and she hates visiting them, and she never stays the night. So, it's really funny because they moved in in the 60s, they grew up, and at least Cynthia um, and her husband moved in to the house. So, it's not like, okay, I'm 18, I'm out of here, this is a creepy house. And I was like, yeah, I'll stay. Here, come on, I'll marry you and you, you come live in my haunted house with me. So, be like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> well, that story's coming, so... Uh, oh, that's actually my next story here. Later, when Cynthia married, her husband moved into the Hudson home. 
recount his own experience, he says, the first experience being around Christmas. As he was putting gifts together in the living room, he heard a muffled conversation coming from the dining room at, around the wall. So when he checked, nobody was there. And he kept going back to the gifts. And I'm kind of paraphrasing, but in, in the article, he kept going back to the gifts, kept hearing it, and he kept getting, he was like really frightened about it. And he had all the lights on in the house. And he's just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then finally, the talking stopped when his brother-in-law came in and he pounded on the door. And he said it, the brother-in-law pounded on the door and it, he jumped when he heard it. Uh, the second was one night when he was sleeping, he felt the edge of the bed depressed down and something leaned into him. He was able to twist his neck to see a womanly figure in a soft dress through the moonlight. After about a minute, the presence got up and walked out of the room. Ghosts are getting a little flirty there. <laughs> I know, right? A little nightgown pressed against him, like, hey. It reminds me of the story I heard from, I think I told you this one, Dan Aykroyd's story, mm -hmm. where when in his house, where uh, he said he felt someone like cuddling with him, and a presence cuddling with him. I think my rule would be not when I'm on an eight-foot ladder. <laughs> you don't want to be cuddled while you're on an eight-foot ladder? I just don't want to be surprised when I'm on an eight-foot ladder. So other accounts include the grandchildren getting gifts of baby rings, and they would just appear out of nowhere. Um, Cynthia got a pair of silver sh uh, sugar tongs, and her sister-in-law got coins. Like Coins would appear, mm. which is really funny. I've heard that before. You maybe you clean the house and you know there's nothing on the floor and later you come back and there's a penny or a quarter and some people think that that is a manifestation them trying to manifest. Then, where was I? See, you made me lose my thought. Okay, so coins, even a pair of silver uh, tongs, were found around the house. Okay, so the house was even said to be used on ghost tours in the town. So there's like like a little tour and they would be part of a house where like oh, and this house right here on our right is said to be haunted by a lieutenant in the navy from the you know, from the American Revolution. So it was on this town's, like, ghost tour. So now we're going to fast forward. So this was happening for years. We're going to fast forward to about 1989, 1990, when the Ackleys uh, put their home on the market. They decided, okay, well, I think it's time for us to sell. And uh, a man named Jeffrey, uh, I might pronounce this wrong, but Jeffrey Stambofsky agreed to pay the 650000 asking price Put down a down payment of thirty-seven. I'm sorry, thirty-two thousand five hundred. So he puts it down. He's from New York. He's not from this town. And it's not until after he puts it down that all of a sudden, like he finds out that there's a ghost tour and that the like people are saying, "Oh yeah, you know that house is haunted." Like it was. It was even before the Ackleys moved in. There was people telling them, "Oh yeah, that house is haunted." Like even kids were like, "Yeah, don't go by that house because that house is haunted." And it turns out to be true. So he starts hearing of this. And when he found out, he, I do not think, it, 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 the articles allude to the fact he wasn't happy. So he did not attend the closing, causing him to forfeit the down payment. And he then filed an action requesting the rescission of the contract of sale and for damages for fraudulent misrepresentation by Ackley and the realtor, uh, the realtor company. So basically saying, they didn't tell me this place was haunted. I want my money back. How does that fly in court? Well, this is how it flies in court. <laughs> oh, good. I get to find out. <laughs> yes. A New York Supreme Court dismissed the action. And then Stambowski appealed. So 
I read a lot of the legal ease and I think I figured it out. So I think the court basically said, you know, buyer beware, you lose the money. We're in favor of the athletes and the realtor saying they didn't have any cause to tell you that. And then he appealed it. And I think in the appealment, then the court said, still, you should do a buyer beware, but we're going to go ahead and rule that they should have told you this because they did tell the public. So I think it was like one of those things where they told the public, so there's no reason not to tell you to disclose it to you. True. So, I mean, that's how I'm reading this legalese, but, and so then he got his down payment back, but the ruling kind of make it like, yeah, they should have told it, but you should have also, you know, did your due diligence and, and so they they upkept the buyer beware thing. So they basically gave him back his money. They gave him like a stern talking to about it too at the same time. It was like wagging their finger at him. A little, like. little bit on both sides. So here's what, what it, here's the, um, the hearing. So the Stambrowski versus Ackley. Uh, state in that which the owner had previously advertised to the public as haunted by ghosts legally was haunted for the purpose of an action for rescission brought by a subsequent purchaser of the house. So the house was haunted as a matter of law and seller must inform the purchase of the haunted. So legally basically saying this house we're deeming it legally haunted and now you guys, whoever's selling the house has to tell them that this is legally nice. haunted. It basically is, in the U.S., this is the first and maybe only legally haunted house. That was a ruling. I feel like they must have had the, the judge from Ghostbusters 2. I know, right? What is it? Who it was, was the it? hammer. Yes. Okay. Well, this case is often cited in other courts, printed in textbooks, and taught in U.S. law school. The law is commonly known as the Ghostbusters ruling. And according to Wikipedia, the Ghostbusters home was sold on January 6, 2016 for $1,770,000, which was almost 600000 above the comparable homes in the area. Um, I, and like I said, I got that off of Wikipedia and I was kind of looking through the history of it. It was saying... So once the the legal action started, this house became big news. And so people were like, oh, I want to buy this haunted house. So a lot of like famous mediums, like I think people said like Kreskin um, wanted to buy the house. And they basically sold it. Well, they were able to sell it then after that. But it's just really funny if you think about it, how it was, it's, I've never heard of a ruling in court and i guess now this is ruling is cited in other courts and it's actually you know part of the law of the land it's it's actually pretty cool that is pretty interesting yeah so my so it had that little ghost element but i actually thought it had a really cool twist with this whole uh the the because you remember my other one the um the black hole horror one and they, it just was awful and they kept having to prove it it's not even so much it was haunted. See, maybe they should have sued that it was haunted, not about the cemetery. Yeah. That they didn't tell them it was haunted. Well, never let it be said that the law is not flexible. Well, I... They seem to be very flexible. They're willing to accept hauntings. Well, it's just... It was funny how, like, um, when I was reading it, I guess, like, when you read the opinions and the dissent, and, and like, they did, like, the whole... What are those things called? Puns? Of, uh, oh, this guy didn't have a ghost of a chance and all this stuff. It's like, 
Really? <laughs> that enemy must have got the point. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, so that's my that's my creepy slash uh, little interesting fact for this week. Little factoids. Yep. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, and so I guess we should take this home. Yes, let's go ahead and take this home, so, and we're going to do a little shout-out. Well, well, guess what? Yeah. I know, I don't know if you've seen it on Instagram, I totally came up with a new thing to call our listeners. Oh, uh, what have you got? For this shout-out, I think we should call them legendary listeners. Oh, snap. Yeah. That's right. So we're going to give a shout-out to our legendary listeners today from Bahrain. Let's give a shout-out to Bahrain, everyone. Yay! So exciting. I like, I like getting the international ones. Thank you for listening to our program and continuing to listen to our program. Yes, we really appreciate it. And hopefully if you have anything you want to let us know, contact us uh, at podcastlegends at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. And good night. Good night.